Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to deviate just a little bit from what we normally talk about because you know a lot of times we talk about marketing tools and social media and direct mail and all of those things to make your business successful. But we cannot be successful unless we are successful in our personal lives, in our hearts. You know, all of that stuff really does tie together. And it's especially true for women, um, I think, because we, you know, it, it, it's funny. There are no such things as a work-life balance anymore because it all ties together, you know, and, and so it really is truly important that we have our own houses in order <laughs> before we can be successful professionally. And so joining us today is Dr. Susan Edelman. So welcome, Dr. Edelman. Thank you, Deb. It's wonderful to be with you today. Perfect. You know, and, and we really are going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk about something that my listeners aren't used to hearing us talk about. <laughs> and so it's funny because okay, when I when I talk, you know, when I say what we're talking about, I want everybody to get your, your little giggles out of the way because this really is a very serious subject. Um, so we're going to t- be talking about your book and about your, your practice, but your book is Be Your Own Brand of Sexy. <laughs> okay, giggle, giggle. Okay, so we're done with that. Time to laugh. Yes, yes. Um, but like I said, you know, it really is about we have to be happy and healthy on our own personal level before we can ever be successful professionally. So before we jump in, let me tell people just a little bit more about you. So Dr. Susan Edelman is an adjunct clinical associate professor at Stanford University in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences, and she is board-certified psychiatrist in private practice specializing in women's issues. Practical and provocative, Dr. Susan delivers talks that challenge and empower, often making you question everything you thought you knew. She shows women and men what stands in the way of getting what they want and teaches powerful takeaway strategies that enable them to achieve achieve powerful shifts and lasting results. Dr. Susan shows women how to reclaim their power by learning what works best for them instead of what they've been programmed to believe is normal by today's culture. Called The Dating Bible by BestsellersWorld.com, Dr. Susan's book, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, has won 14 awards, including the grand prize of the Beverly Hills International Book Awards. So again, Dr. Susan, welcome. Thank you so much. This is great. We really are going to have a lot of fun with this. And and it's funny, as you and I were chatting, and even initially when um, it was pitched to me that, that you wanted to be on the program, I saw immediately how important this is because it is about empowering yourself, you know, and, and rather whether it's sexually or in the workplace or with your friends or whatever, it, that's what this is all about. And so that's why this is so important. And yes, we're going to be talking about sexually, but it, it does all tie together because we have to be strong. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, as you mentioned in your bio, we have been trained to think, well, this is what's normal. This is what is expected of us. You know, all those various things. And it happens everywhere, whether it is 
um, in your personal life or in your professional life. It's so true. We and and people don't realize how often and how deeply they are influenced by other people. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to detect it when it's there. Right. And in you know, in a lot of cases, it truly is how we were brought up. You know, and, and I don't care if you're a millennial, a Gen X or a baby boomer, all those various things. It, it it's definitely does tie in. And it's funny, as I was reading through your book, you compare a lot of things like how, you know, my generation, <clears throat> I hate to admit this, you know, we, we watched, um, you know, the, the shows where, and, and I am, a, I'm, I'm not as old to, to watch the shows like Leave it to Beaver and, you know, all of those, but, uh, you know, I watch them on reruns and I think, holy schmoly, but we were brought up in a different way. I mean, you know, I distinctly remember people that, you know, were my generation, my demographic, Women went to school, went to college to get their MRS degree. You know, you were going to 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 find a husband. Um, you know, you went for to to uh, you were going to enter teaching or nursing. You know, that was was pretty much it. And even though you know, I went to school in the early 80s, that still in many cases was the the case. And and but now, of course, we have the millennials who are being taught they can do everything. And in some ways, I think we're doing them a disservice by that because it's so scary. I mean, holy cow, I can do anything. Ah, what do I do? Ah, you know. Um, and and but all of these these things that society has taught us, you know, the the biggest thing is it's a bunch of hooey. We just have to throw it out. <laughs> yes, because when you are told you can do anything, there's a lot of pressure right. to do it all mm-hmm. and to do it all well. And and a lot of women are starting to talk about how that may not be a, a great empowering message for women. Right. You know, and, and what's so important is that you have to find what works for you. You know, and, and I think that's where, you know, we have problems because we think, well, what is normal? What is not normal? You know, what is expected of us? You know, all of those various things. And whether it is that, you know, you get married and you have kids or you have a career or, you know, all those various things. And it's a very confusing time, especially for women in their 20s and 30s. Yes, there's conflicting messages and there's a ton of pressure. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm worried about the pressure on women to be sexy and sexual mm-hmm. because I think it's it's not it's hurting women's confidence and their love lives right because if you think that you've got to be the best sex object you can be to get what you want a lot of women are kind of disabling their feelings mm-hmm. and it's it's like it's like driving in a car without your gps you're going to get lost right you know and and a big part of the problem is media and social media you know and and things like that because we are shown images that simply aren't achievable um, you know, that when, when people are thinking that Kim Kardashian is the ultimate, you know, there's, there are some people who obviously are attracted to that, but you know, when, when young women are thinking that is what a man wants, there's definitely something that is, is, um, off kilter there. Um, you know, or we're, we're shown the opposite, you know, it was, it's funny. We talk about generations. I mean, you know, um, when you look back at, you know, the, 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 uh, Mary Tyler Moore is somebody who just came to mind with, you know, she was the nice, wholesome young woman, you know, and, and so women of that generation were thinking, well, that's what I have to be too. And, you know, it's, it's very confusing to, to figure out, 
well, what the heck am I supposed to be? Exactly. And, and the pressure to be sexy and sexual kind of gives us the wrong direction to head mm -hmm. because it's way more powerful to value your inner beauty instead of being obsessed with how you look on the outside because we're never going to look like the Kardashians because they've all had plastic surgery. Right. It's just not attainable. Mm -hmm. So, so, and you can spend a ton of money um, trying to look better and, and, trying to enhance everything and spend a lot of time worrying about it and feeling insecure about how you look. But the thing that gives you power is valuing your inner beauty over external and being treated well by men, not having lots of sex. That's not the key to power. Right. You know, and, and you talk about that in your book where young women are in many cases expected that they will become sexually active fairly early. Now, I haven't, I, I'm not a parent, but that still just, you know, makes the veins stand out on the side of my head and, and all of those <laughs> things. Um, you know, and, and we see that. I mean, you know, when we're looking at, you know, say, you know, you, you, you see these young girls that you know are maybe 12, 13 years old. And they could walk into any bar and get a drink because of how they look. Um, you know, and, and, and the pressures and things I'm, you know, there are times where I'm glad I'm not a parent. I just don't know what I would do if I had a teenage daughter. For one thing, she'd never leave the house, um, <laughs> but it is confusing because they see their friends dressing like that. Um, you know, uh, we've mentioned media, all of these various things. So first, <clears throat> how do you, because I know that you really work with young women. Yeah. How do you talk them through this process of finding themselves? Well, I think the most important thing we need to remember is that we're all different. We're not the same. So I think that when you live in a culture like this, you think, oh, you know, I have to be like everybody else to be normal. But that's not true because everybody's going to have a different approach to these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we're thinking the party line today is for many women it's casual sex gives you more power asking men out gives you more power but that does not work for everyone in fact that doesn't work for a lot of people and real power is knowing what works for you and having the courage to stand up for what you want and but that's such a hard thing to do in our culture because one, it shames us for how we look. It calls us prudes when we don't rush to have sex. And, and so we have to be really strong. We have to have a really strong inner compass mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And that's why we, I think we need to change our culture. I think we have more power when we accept and love ourselves the way we are instead of sinking in these completely unattainable goals beauty goals and I think that women would begin to expect acceptance and respect if we got it from our sisters I think we need to revitalize sisterhood right right we need to as women you know and, and it doesn't matter what age you are we need to encourage other women to be exactly what they should be and what they want to be as opposed to Look at her. Look at how she's dressed. Whoa, can you believe what she did last night? We turn into these nasty catty things, and that's just so horrible. It, it isn't good for women uh, on any level. 
So I don't think we're realizing, I think we're just falling into this pattern and we, we don't realize how bad it is for women as a whole. Almost 60% of women are unhappy with how they look. Mm-hmm. That, that is not good for your confidence in any area. Right. You know, and, and you know, talking about TV programs, you know, I'm, I'm down here in the South. And of course, one of the big programs for a while was Honey Boo Boo. And the the mom now I've never watched it I I <laughs> I have never watched that show I mean it's not even one of those that I would stop and look at, um but I I know that the main the the mother in the the show was someone who was extremely overweight, and then now they have this show from not to hot, and they have gone through a process with her and it was funny I was reading a magazine article about this the other day you know stuck in a doctor's office you have nothing to do so you read the magazines. And she, she, she lost 400 pounds, if I remember right. Wow. Has had lots of plastic surgery, all these various things. And, and in it, she was talking about how much better she felt about herself, how much more healthy she felt, you know, all those really good things. But I just so objected to the title, you know, from not to hot. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, 450 pounds is not healthy, you know, all of those various things, but it was saying that in order to be hot, she had to be size four. She had to have um, perfect skin. I know one of the things she had done was she had um, veneers on her teeth. All of these various things. And, and you're right, it's giving young women such a, a complex to think that is, is what I have to do and what I have to be. It, and it's a very serious problem because most of the people who are making movies are men. Mm-hmm. and television so so most of them are thinking what's going to sell and right. sex sells and they're not thinking how do we empower women that's not where they're coming from and women see this and they think well what's wrong with me that I don't look like that or I'm not acting like that there must be I should be doing this mm-hmm. instead I mean, of thinking these men these people making these programs are out to lunch right you know and, and they're so out of touch with reality because you know, the, the average woman is, you know, about a size 14 or so, you know, all those various things. And when companies embrace it, they're seeing such positives. You know, Dove Soap was one that I think that's the first one that I remember where they started having advertising that featured curvy women, plus size women, normal size body women is, is really what I want to say. And, and now Target and, you know, some of the other big major advertisers, the women look like the women that we all associate with you know they're not the twiggies of the world you know the size zeros and you know and and i love that and and they have found that they are getting more customers because of that i think that's i think that's really great and i think what we need to progress to in this progression of changing our culture is to value inner beauty because even even the external that's still a focus on the external and mm-hmm. I think we want to focus on who are you as a person yes. are you kind are you generous are you a good listener mm-hmm. because that's the thing that we're going to feel more confident about ultimately and that's more important it's really who we are right you know and, and of course the, the phrase inner beauty has been around for you know hundreds of years but it is something that I think does get pushed aside. You know, we do look at the external factors. You know, what does someone look like? 
before we really do look at like you know are they are they good are they kind um, you know all of those and and for some people you know they it, it, it's their sense of humor all of those various things but what is their inner personality and and you know folks we need to focus on that exactly and for women who think that well guys aren't interested in that they just care about how we look they're really wrong mm-hmm. i mean if yeah if they just want to hook up with you or have a one night stand maybe they care how you look but if they want a serious relationship they care are you fun to be with are you mm-hmm. a nice person are you going to be a supportive partner right. are you are you confident and happy or can i not make you happy cuz you're miserable about feeling like you're fat all the time or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, is this someone that I, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I still want to be around, you know, when they are old and saggy and gray and, and all of those things, um, you know, that's, I think, and, and I think we do a disservice to men when we assume that they want the, the Barbies of the world, you know, or the Kim Kardashians, you know, because uh, you're right, men, men are looking for that partner that they're going to be with long term. Definitely. And, and I think, I think men have it bad in our culture as well. And I don't think we appreciate how, how the pressures on men are a big, big problem. Like mm-hmm. men say, uh, men know that they have to be manly and sensitive at the same time. And they also wonder, you know, should they pick up the check? Mm-hmm. If she makes more money, right. can they make a move without being accused of harassment? And if they so, say no to sex, are people going to say they're gay? Mm-hmm. So they push for sex sometimes or agree to sex when they're not even comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and then more and more, we're seeing a lot of gender issues and gender questions, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, obviously for a totally different program. But I, I, the nice thing is that people are actually thinking about that and they're able to think about that publicly, um, you know, and, and, you know, the same magazine that I was reading about, you know, Mama, whatever her name of Honey Boo Boo, uh, it was also an article about Barry Manilow and, and how he was talking about his husband and the fact that they had been together for many, many years. And, and, but I, I always remember, you know, when they said, well, Barry Manilow's gay, I was like, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> you know? um, but, but I think that's something that, you know, we are much more open as a society to hearing is that there are gender differences, um, you know, and, 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 and that is part of this whole process is knowing who you are and who you want to be with. Exactly. Because, and I think that's where it also applies to business because you're also thinking about, are you, are you getting your needs met, right? Mm-hmm. right? Are you comfortable with how things are going? And if, if we're focused on how we look and that's the only thing we care about, trying to figure out, is this a nice guy? You know, am I comfortable with the way he's treating me? That all goes out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're right, businesses do caught up in, you know, get caught up in that sometimes. They think, well, you know, I can't hire this person because um, they, they physically aren't attractive and, you know, I don't want them representing my business. You know, they might be the best salesperson, the best waiter, the best whatever in the world, but the business gets caught up in thinking about their, their physical aspects as opposed to, um, you know, what the, the true benefits that they could bring as an employee. 
Yes, it's a big problem, huh? Mm -hmm. And there's just too much focus. And the worse it gets, the more prevalent this gets, the, the more problems we end up having in all kinds of different areas. I'm worried that that all this pressure to be sexy and sexual and people turning off their feelings is also leading to sexual violence toward women. Mm-hmm. So here we have a group of, of young women, especially, who don't even know if they've been raped. Right. And a lot of schools don't take it seriously if they do report it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge problem. And, and things seem to be escalating. Right. So it's time to take a stand, I think, and change the way we're approaching this. Mm-hmm. Well, now, one of the things that you talk a lot about, I mean, you just mentioned it, is is rape. Um, but, you know, let's, let's take a step back a little bit because there are women who just, you know, select men that they're, they're going to be with who are going to treat them badly, you know, and then it does somehow become a pattern with them. So, you know, why is that? Why do women, you know, and, and I mean, I hate it when I hear somebody say, well, you know, that's just the type of man I'm attracted to. No, (laughs) Um, but why do women pick men to be with that are going to treat them badly. Well, these are often women, Deb, who have trouble saying no to what they don't want. Okay. So, you know, and a lot of women are raised to be people pleasers. So a lot mm-hmm. of us have a little bit of that anyway. We want to please mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. And so we may have trouble saying no mm-hmm. to things we're not completely comfortable with. But but in these in these situations and and when people are pressured to be sexy and sexual, it kind of hurts their confidence even more. Mm-hmm. And they're not sure, right? Is it okay when a guy wants to hook up or kind of touching them in a sexual way? Well, if, you, if you're in college and you see everybody doing that, you don't want to look like a prude. Right. You really don't want to stand up for yourself So, because people might make fun of you. So I think there's an added pressure there. Mm-hmm. So I think unless you're comfortable saying no, it, it really makes it difficult because men are going to walk all over you unless they're really nice men and and so I don't think we realize sometimes women make excuses for men in this way also Mm -hmm. they they say oh you know well he won't commit but he had a really bad breakup with his ex so Mm -hmm. I probably should cut him some slack or you know they they just think well all their friends are saying don't bring up commitment you'll scare them off so they don't they don't bring it up, but they don't want casual sex. They want commitment. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of levels of this. And I do think it's worse if you've had problems growing up with your family, not being able to really be okay with how you feel and teach Mm -hmm. you about feelings. I think that does make it a lot harder because it really is a question of, do you deserve to feel this way and to try and get what you want? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think in many cases, we do see women who are selecting the men that in a lot of ways remind them of their fathers, you know, and and so unfortunately, if their mother was married to an abusive man, you know, then the, it's almost like the, the young woman thinks, well, that's that back to that word normal, um, you know, they don't understand that they can say no, or they, they don't even have to put themselves in that position to start with. And so it does come from the very start. <laughs> it does. And 
And I think that sometimes just the more aware you are that maybe you're afraid to say no, the easier it becomes. Mm -hmm. And it helps people to identify, are they afraid to say no because someone will be mad at them or they'll lose the relationship. And if, if you can identify that, sometimes that makes it easier because really and truly, if, if there's a guy who's not treating you well and you say, I'm not comfortable with that and he dumps you, you're probably better off. Right, right. And, you know, it's same thing in the workplace. You know, if, if you're, you know, it, if there's something there that you're thinking, hey, you know, I need to say no to and, and that's not accepted, well, then maybe that isn't the place where you need to work. Yes. And, and I think the other part of it is the way you say no right. is really, really important. And I think, it, uh, you know, we, we watch talk shows and people are kind of open and, and, and revealing these days. And sometimes we have a, need a different approach, especially at work. You may not mm -hmm. want to get into every gory detail. And I think when you're standing up to a man, it's kind of the same way. Sometimes you're better off keeping it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not comfortable or if it's at work. Gee, can you get me some help to meet that deadline? Right. I'm not sure I have, you know, all the resources I need. Well, and we worry that we will lose that man, that job, whatever, and, you know, so sometimes we, we do things to keep those that, that we shouldn't. Yeah, we go along with things that aren't going to work right. and, and we're unhappy or resentful. And, mm -hmm. and that's a, a big, big problem. I think many people aren't aware that maybe they're resentful because they, they did have that opportunity or they do have a chance to do something mm -hmm. different. So sometimes just even seeing when you have an option is really, really important. Right. You know, and, and there's certainly, you know, we're not really talking about sexual harassment in the office, but obviously that, that happens, you know, and, and there are ways to handle things. Um, it was funny. I was just talking with someone like an hour ago about, you know, I, I worked with this man who always called me sweetie. <laughs> now, he was not doing it in a way that, that I was offended at. Aside from the fact that I was offended that he didn't seem to know what my name was. Um, but, you know, it was, it, and, and he was just one of those. He called everybody sweetie, you know, and, and hi, sweetie. And, and, and he, you know, he, he was not doing it in a sexual way or anything like that. But I, st I started calling him Darlin. Now, <laughs> and and it's, it took only about two or three times before he actually said, you shouldn't do that. I said, then please don't call me sweetie. Oh. And he went, oh, okay. And, you know. So, you know, but, you know, clearly there are times where that doesn't work. I mean, and, and I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't known that was going to work with him. Um, you know, but, but it was, I stood up for myself. It was like, no, you're not going to call me that. If I'd called him out on it and said, don't call me sweetie, then we might've had other problems. But, you know, I, and, and it's, every single situation is different. So, you know, you have to kind of read the situation. There are times where, yes, you have to go to HR, you have to report somebody, you know, and, and don't ever hesitate. I mean, that's, that is my big thing to tell people is if you think that it's, that something has happened that needs to be reported, something has happened that needs to be reported. Um, you know, don't, don't feel uncomfortable or think, Hey, I'm going to lose my job or whatever. You know, if you think that that person overstepped, they did overstep. I think that's a great example. And you kind of showed him how you were feeling. And you let him experience mm -hmm. it, which is very, very clever. 
Well, and, you know, I knew in that situation that would work. You know, in some other situations, I mean, you know, somebody else might have thought he liked being called darling. Um, you know, and, and so it would have backfired. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it was about standing up for myself and, and just, you know, hey, I'm not going to put up with that. Um, you know, and, and but was it scary? Sure. I mean, he could have just as easily gotten really mad at me. Um, you know, and, and, but it is, it is about feeling empowered and, you know, and, and back to the, the, you know, the, the main topic, it is about being able to tell a man, no, not tonight, not ever, not now. Um, and knowing how to, to do it in a way that he's going to, to believe it and understand it. I mean, you know, how many times have we heard somebody that said, no, giggle, giggle, giggle. Well, did they really mean no? Did they mean no, not now? Did they, you know, all of those various things. And, and so it takes practice sometimes for the young women to, to say no and have it, you know, have that impact there that they really want. Yes. And I think, I think practice is really the most important thing. And if you're not ready to say no yet, then start with maybe, or I'm not sure, right. or let me think about it. So you have time to regroup and figure figure out how you want to handle it because sometimes in the moment it, it's hard to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you know maybe you need to take a step back and even think: Is this going to come up in this situation? You know, am I going on a date with this man and he's going to? I'm putting this in my little air quotes. Expect that we will have sex. Okay. Well, then maybe you shouldn't be going on that date. Or maybe it's a group date or, you know, something so that, say, the ground rules are kind of there before you ever even get there. So you're not in the position of having to say no. Meet him in a public place. Mm-hmm. Don't let him pick you up. Right. Right. You know, and, and yeah, yeah, don't that way you're not having to think, well, how am I going to get home? Um, you know, all of those various things. And, and yeah, so don't put yourself in that situation. And of course, it's easy to say. I mean, that and that is. That's the hard part is it's very easy for, especially, you know, like I'm, I haven't been on a date in 25 years. I don't plan on probably ever dating again. I'm you know, married, <laughs> all that good stuff. It's, you know, that the thought of that just, you know, breaks me break out in hives. So it is easy for me to say, well, just don't put yourself in that position, knowing that it really is a difficult choice um, because yeah, there's, there's peer pressure. There's, you know, all sorts of uh, internal pressure. Um, you know, he's really cute. He's the captain of the football team. He's, you know, he's, he's somebody that my parents would like all of those various things. And, and it, it really does have to be so difficult to be dating in this day and age. It's true. It is. But I think that when you're thinking of saying, I feel more comfortable if I meet you somewhere, Mm -hmm. then you're also trying to find out, is this a nice man who's going to care how you feel? And if he doesn't care how you feel or he's insulted, that says a lot about a guy, Mm because I think most men know these days that women have to be very careful. Right. Yeah. And so if you say, you know, hey, Bob, I'd be much more comfortable if I drove to the restaurant and met you there. If he fusses about that, then that's a very good sign you don't need to see Bob anymore. Yeah, I think it tells you that maybe he's a little self-centered, and it, the guys who are really self-centered don't make the best boyfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I mean, the, the tricky thing is there actually are women who that is what attracts them. And that's, you know, that's okay. I mean, they know that's what they want. They want the captain of the football team or the company CEO or whatever, but they also have to know all of the other things that go along with that. 
I think you're right. And I think sometimes when you're interested in the captain of the football team or the CEO, you may have to actually be pretty good at standing up for yourself because mm-hmm. those may be the men who could walk all over you because they're used right. to women chasing after them and mm-hmm. getting what they want. You know, I remember many years ago, um, I was, when I lived in Denver, I volunteered for a golf tournament for Special Olympics. And the uh, Denver Bronco wives were a big part of this. You know, so we had this initial meeting with the, the wives. And, and I remember thinking that, you know, 99% of them were absolutely delightful. You know, there there weren't any egos that you wouldn't, in a lot of ways, associate with something like that. And But there was this one who... She said, and I'm not going to use the football player's name, but she said, hi, I am Mrs. Bob Smith. And I looked at her and I smiled sweetly and I said, well, nice to meet you. What's your first name? And she, and her name tag even said Mrs. Bob Smith. (laughs) And, and I said, you know, what is your first name? And she said, Mrs. Bob Smith. Well, of course the hairs went up on the back of my neck and it was like, and I said, no, sweetie, that's not what your mother named you. What is your first name? <laughs> I prefer to be called Mrs. Bob Smith. And right there, I thought, oh, honey, you got lots of problems. Um, and, and what concerned me was she had completely lost her own identity. Um, now, the, that marriage lasted not much longer after that. So, you know, I had to wonder, did, you know, ex-football player... You know, did he not like that or, or all sorts of things? But she really had completely lost her own identity. And I think that is, you know, in a lot of ways, what happens to women of, you know, whatever age, we tie ourselves to men and we become Mrs. Whoever, um, you know, or in some case, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm so-and-so's mom. It, we, we lose who we are as women. It, it still happens today. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is basically part of the impetus for the women's movement, right, Right. is that they were saying women have more options than just being mothers and housewives, Mm -hmm. and and it was a reaction to to that. But I think it still happens because it's really, to some extent, your culture really pressures you, and to some extent, part of it is how you're raised. And if you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you deserve to be your own person and to have your needs met, it's, it can happen in any generation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, when you are working with young women and you, or, you know, I shouldn't say young women, when you are working with a woman and you see that she has kind of these self-esteem issues, what do you do to, to help her get through that? Well, first... You know, I'm a psychiatrist, so I'm always Mm -hmm. trying to evaluate whether people have some kind of anxiety or depression problem Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. might be contributing to that. Because so many people, when they're anxious or depressed, also feel really critical and bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so so we want to make sure that that's not an issue. And if it is, try and treat that. So, So that's a piece of it. And then I think the other part of it is really trying to understand what's going on for this person? What kind of messages do they get? Are they mm-hmm. focused on what society is saying or their friends are saying, or is it something coming from internal and their background and growing up? And so this is, this is the kind of thing we like to focus on as well as 
you know, what happens that they don't feel like they deserve to have their feelings or if they're afraid to stand up for themselves, what what is standing in their way with that? Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, the, the nice thing is, is they've taken the first step by saying, I need help. And I think that's, you know, that that obviously really is the first step. They have to recognize something isn't working right um, and, and I need help. I think you're so right. And sometimes, Deb, even when people know they need some help and they're lost, it's still a really hard thing to do. You know, our, mm-hmm. there's so much less stigma about getting help than there used to be, but it's still really a problem. People mm-hmm. feel ashamed of themselves. They feel like there's something wrong. They right. feel like it's embarrassing to go get help or mm-hmm. they're not being independent or powerful, like they're being weak. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's funny because we ask for help for so many other things, you know, physical, you know, hey, I need to go see a doctor there, you know, there's this, there's that, or I need career help, you know, I need a mentor. But when it comes to our mental health, we really do still have that stigma of, oh, you know, we we just can't do that. We have to be able to do this on our own. It's really sad. It's really sad because so many people need help and, and really could benefit from it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think probably in a lot of ways, virtually everybody can use a little nudge here and there. Um, maybe it's just in, in figuring out, oh, hey, you know, this this is going right. Um, you know, and, and, and so that's what I like, you know, as I was reading through your book, you know, it, it, a lot of it was talking about dating and things like that. But there were some things where I think, oh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that, that rings true. And so, you know, it's... It's not just that there's something wrong. There are times where you're emphasizing there's something right. Absolutely. Because you need encouragement, too, if things are going well. And sometimes people don't even realize Mm -hmm. when good things are happening to them because they're focused on the negative. Mm -hmm. Well, and we do sometimes, you know, we just need that external validation. We need somebody to say, hey, good job. Well, that is definitely true, and we need we need to sometimes see that to be able to appreciate what we're accomplishing. Because if we're mm-hmm. on a really long road that takes a long time, the little the little bits of progress seem very minor and ins- insignificant sometimes, mm-hmm. even though we're moving forward. Right. You know, and and we, you know, we you talked to earlier about the sisterhood. We need to reach out. You know, if we see that somebody might be struggling, that somebody might be, you know, challenged, you know, there's there's a friend of mine that I actually know in the real world. You know, there's the virtual world and the real world. But she's been posting on Facebook, and clearly she's struggling. Um, you know, just that her posts are, in a lot of ways, kind of scary. I mean, you know, you, you worry about what she's posting. And so I sent her a private message, and, and I said, you know, sweetie, I... I'm getting the impression that you are struggling. And I said, I just want you to know, first of all, you're loved. And I said, and anytime you need to talk, you can call me. Um, and she, she, I, she didn't respond for a while. And then when she did, she, she said, you know, she really needed to hear that. Now, will she call me? Who knows? You know, right. but sometimes I think that's all we need is just to know that there's somebody out there and, you know, and now if she does call me, it needs to be that I don't put her off, that I don't, you know, Now I did tell her, I said, if I let it go into voicemail, it's just because I can't talk to you right then, but I'll call you back as soon as I can. But, you know, the worst thing would be if then I didn't call her at all. 
So, you know, if you have offered to be that sounding board, that support system, whatever, then hello, you'd better be there. <laughs> That's a really good point. And I think, I do think that we don't realize how much people really need our support mm-hmm. and love. And sometimes it really is just a matter of, you know, sending them a quick note or a quick phone call or something like that. Because we all feel lonely, you know, on occasion, you know, and, and, you know, and, and sometimes we do. We just need to know, hello, there's somebody out there. Somebody cares. Mm-hmm. And right. somebody understands that it's hard what you're going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Well, and we need to look at, you know, what is going on with somebody. You know, I noticed from her posts that these were just not happy posts. But, you know, maybe it's that somebody stops going to church or, you know, they're, they're in a workplace and you can tell that, you know, she's, she is struggling, all these various things. And, you know, and, and we're not saying get in their face and, and, you know, tell them we're going to fix this for you. It really is somebody just, they just need to know that you care. Yes, I think caring is really important and appreciating people is also important because sometimes when, when people are down, they don't see their good qualities. Right. So, and I, th- and I think complimenting somebody when you appreciate something about them is great. Changing mm-hmm. our compliments from how you look to, you know, you're, you're such a nice person or, mm-hmm. you know, you always make me laugh or whatever it is. Right. right. You know, and, and that gets back to what we were saying originally is, you know, we need to focus more on the inner person, the inner beauty that is there as opposed to, hey, you know, a great smile. I love that shirt. You know, where'd you get those shoes? All those various things, because there probably is something that, you know, you, or you wouldn't be around them. You know, there was, there's some reason, you know, that, that you like them. Maybe it's because they're really smart. They're a good team player, whatever it is, you know, there is that there, let them know that, you know, there's, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, if you think about it, it's kind of a better compliment because you're really complimenting who they are, not just where they got their shoes. Mm -hmm. Anybody could go buy those shoes, Mm -hmm. but it's not so easy to be you. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, that's scary. I mean, because you're, you're putting yourself out there when you're complimenting them, um, you know, and, and because, you know, you're never quite sure what they're going to respond. I mean, you know, that's, that's always kind of funny too. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those catch twenty twos. <laughs> You're right, Deb, because not everybody takes compliments well. Mm-hmm. So you might embarrass them, or they m- might not be able to accept it. Some people are like, "Well, you know, not really. I'm not that. I'm not that nice." So, <laughs> so, but that's okay. You know, that's their problem if they can't accept a compliment. You're you're still doing something really nice for them, and maybe they'll learn something from that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think in a lot of cases, a lot of women especially do kind of def- deflect that compliment. Um, you know, the, it, I did that today with shoes. You know, that was that was actually why I was thinking about it. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, my gosh, I really like your shoes. And rather than saying thank you, I said, oh, I got them on sale. You know, and, and, and we do that. You know, we deflect it back to kind of taking the focus away from ourselves and, and, you know, I, I don't have a self-esteem issue. You know, I, I think I'm a pretty good person. Um, but but it's funny, you know, we, we do kind of deflect that back, which we've got to stop doing that too. You know, if somebody compliments us, even if it is something physical, you know, say thank you. <laughs> you know? Don't don't deflect it back and say, oh, you know. 
Um, you know, it's it, 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 but it is interesting to watch, and and I see that difference in men and women. You know, you tell a, a you compliment a guy, and he's like, well, yeah. You compliment a woman, and she's like, oh well, you know, no, it was a team effort, or you know, all these various things. Yeah. So the question there might be, you know. If, if, are you not comfortable with compliments? And if not, do you feel like you don't deserve to feel good about yourself or what's the problem, right? Some people that I've worked with, you know, they have been told don't brag. And so they see that as bragging, but it's not bragging to feel good about yourself. That's just feeling confident about an accomplishment. And we all Mm -hmm. need to be able to feel good about our accomplishments at some time. It's funny, as we were talking about this, I remember um, my mom talking about this woman that is a, a friend of, of ours, but um, Lucy, oh, you know, to, to, to say Lucy has had challenges would be an understatement. Aside from anything else, Lucy is a survivor of Auschwitz oh. um, and, um, you know, and so clearly has had lots of, of things happen. And so anytime you would compliment Lucy. Now, you talk about a woman who could cook. Oh, my heavens, this woman was, you know, and, and unfortunately she has Alzheimer's now. But, um, you know, when, when you would compliment Lucy, she immediately deflected it. You know, she she did not want any type of personal glory or anything. And, and she had been told that, you know, you, you are not worthy, you know, all of these various things. And I remember my mom used to just look at her and say, Lucy, just say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's actually become kind of the running joke with with all of us is we will just you know if we you know compliment somebody and and they don't we, you know if they try to deflect it we say Lucy just say thank you and it was funny because Lucy actually got to where she would accept compliments from us oh that was great then that was really great yeah she you know it's definitely um a tough problem when you've survived a concentration camp. I mean, that's one of the, you know, biggest traumas you can experience. And a lot of women who've experienced other forms of trauma also have big problems in these areas. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, we may not have as many concentration camp survivors these days, but plenty of people have been physically abused growing up or sexually abused. And uh, it's it, it's still a big, th- and, and of course, other forms of trauma as well. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, and, and, or, you know, just, just told you're not worthy, you're not worth it. Um, you know, obviously we see that in the workplace where, you know, that the man, and, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but, you know, the man takes credit for a project because, you know, well, you weren't smart enough to have thought of that on your own, or you couldn't have done it on your own, or, you know, all these various things. And so it, it really is what we've been talking about all along. It's about having that power to stand up and say, now, wait a minute, I am smart enough to have done this project. And by darn it, I was the one who did it. Exactly. And I and that is not just a problem with men bosses. Men right. and women bosses can feel threatened by you if you succeed and not want you to take their job and maybe they feel like you're a threat so it's important to be aware of that dynamic and to find ways and of course socially acceptable ways to make it known Mm -hmm. right you know and it's it is tricky because you know it's it's like we said you worry that you're going to lose your job your relationship all those various things but you know 
I, I've kind of along the, the opposite span of that, you know, I have told young women when they've gone for an interview where, you know, the, the, the cleavage is showing, you know, or, or you know, it, is that really who you want to get the job? <laughs> did the girls get the job or did you get the job right. or the promotion or whatever? Um, you know, and, 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 and that comes back to, you know, this whole sexy thing, you know, we feel as women like we had to do that. We had, we had to be on display where the short skirts, the tight skirts, um, and because we, that's what we see on TV and, you know, and, oh, it just drives me nuts when I watch shows and, and these women, you know, I just want to say, okay, at least wear your clothes, not quite so skin tight or, you know, all these various things, but it, it it's it's like we were saying at the very start of the program. It's what we see on TV and in the ads, and that's what we think is normal, and that's what we, more importantly, think means success. Yeah, so it's important for women and men to realize this isn't your fault. This is a cultural programming sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, but And the more aware we become of this cultural programming, the more we can choose to do what what we think is best. Because mm-hmm. I think it is risky to wear something, you know, super revealing to a job interview. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, or, or the opposite is true. Um, it's funny. I've, I've had some health issues. You know, my longtime listeners know that um, I uh, am currently being treated for breast cancer. And so as one of the things I tell people, you know, you got to look for the silver lining. I've lost like 45, 50 pounds. Um, and so all, none of my business suits fit. I mean, and, and I'm not going to pay to have them altered that much. But I've also dis- but I was one of those people that when I went to a networking event, when I went to whatever, I wore a business suit because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and and there is kind of that whole cultural well, the men are there in suits, so the women should kind of be. Well, I have one suit now. I've worn it once in a year, and. Uh, you know, I, now I'm still trying to kind of find what my look is going to be, but it's going to be my look. And it's what I'm going to be comfortable in. It's not going to be what, you know, somebody says, well, this is what you should wear to a networking event. Now, you know, clearly there's there's limitations. But, <laughs> but you know, it is, you know, it's like, okay, if I want to wear something brightly colored and, you know, maybe not a jacket, maybe just a, you know, whatever – that's going to be more who I am as opposed to the person I used to be that had to wear suits to all of these events. Yes, I think finding your own style is is definitely related to everything because it's, I mean, fashion is about who you are to some extent, mm-hmm. the, you know, the image you want to portray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I think, you know, it is as we were saying, women are told, shown, taught that they have to be sexy. You know, they have to wear the revealing top when they're going on a date, even if it's just their first date or, you know, the skin tight or the really short, you know, and, and all of those various things. And you know what? Now there are, bless those women who that's where they're comfortable. I mean, because there really are women that dress like that and they think that's perfectly fine and, and great on them. But, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with how you're dressing, then you really shouldn't be dressed like that. <laughs> That's so true. It's true that we have, there are so many trends and all kinds of things. There's fashion trends, there's sex trends. And just because people are putting out the latest style doesn't mean that's your style. Right. 
Now it's you uh, on your website, which we haven't even talked about. So it's be your own brand of sexy.com. And you've got all sorts of great information there, but I was looking in here um, that, that you have questions if someone has a book group. And my favorite, and we've got just a little over five minutes left, is, um, actually we might get to a couple of these, but the first one is, how would you like to see our cultural expectations for women change? I love that question. <laughs> so how would you, Dr. Susan, like to see our cultural expectations for women change? Oh, I really want to see women support each other and doing what's right for each of us as individuals and to support each other in expecting, treating each other with acceptance and respect so we can begin to expect it from other women instead of all this body shaming stuff to really support each other in doing what's right for us as individuals and, and caring about the inner beauty of our sisters and prioritizing that. I think that would be huge in terms of helping people feel more empowered in general. Everybody could feel like who they are is, is okay mm -hmm. and that we deserve to get what we want. What about men? You know, how can we change our expectations of men? Oh, I love it when my computer decides it's going to talk to me. Um, how, you know, what cultural expectations would we like to see for men? Uh, well, I think it, the whole thing applies to men, too, because if you feel like you've got to have sex or somebody's going to say you're gay, you're not doing what's right for you as a person. Because mm -hmm. any woman who wants to have sex to you with you, then you've got to either go ahead and do it. Or I've talked to men who've told me they've tried to make the woman feel like, you know, she's not attractive enough for him only because he just didn't want to have sex with her. He didn't want to be mean, but right. he couldn't come out and say it because somebody's going to accuse him of being gay. That mm -hmm. is a real fear for a lot of guys. So, so I guess the goal would be to do what's right for you because even if someone says you're gay, you know, people are going to find out it's not true. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's not... It's not going to be sticking with you forever. Right. It's, it's people so people learn it. People learn mm -hmm. this is not who you are. Somebody was spreading a rumor that was kind of malicious, maybe. Right, right. So you know, kind of along those same lines, you have five guide, and you this is a, a repeated theme in your book: five guidelines to being your own brand of sexy. So you always have a choice. You know, and and folks, we can't emphasize that enough. You always, always have a choice. Now, you know, the, the outcome might not be what you want. You know, you <laughs> might not get that date that you want or that promotion that you want, but you still have that choice. You can say no. You can say slow down, you know, all those various things. Um, number two, media and, and peer pressure solutions might not be right for you. We've talked about that multiple times. Now, I love this one. This is one of, this is my favorite, which is why I wanted to bring this up. Slow can be sexy. <laughs> And, you know, I, I think that is so true. We think, oh, my gosh, we have to have sex. Uh, you know, and again, I haven't dated in 25 years. <laughs> but you know, on the first date or, you know, all of those things. You know what? Maybe it's six months. Maybe it's not until you're married. I mean, I, I, I know women who really, and even in this day and age, they're not going to have sex until they're married. That's what is the best thing for them and bless them for, for thinking of that. And, and, you know, slow really can be sexy. It's anticipation is, is wonderful for, for a couple. 
there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it, it, it works really well because then you're thinking, oh, what's it going to be like? And it's very right. exciting. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The fourth one is your voice matters. You know, we should never think, oh, they don't want to hear it. They don't, you know, I'm not important. Yes, you are. We're just every person listening out there. You are important. And remember that. And then the fifth one, and this is, of course, the most important of all of these. If a guy isn't respecting your voice, move on. And again, you know, you might be thinking, but I wanted that high school quarterback or the president of that company. You know, if they're not going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated, then move on. Because it's not going to work out in the long run. You're just going to be miserable for longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people don't realize how much they're better off when they don't get what they want early on in some of these situations because this is not a person who's going to ever really be able to give you what you want. Right. And to be honest, you're doing them a disservice also um, because, you know, committing to a relationship that you're not going to be happy in, they're probably not going to be happy either. Uh, you know, they might be for a while because they're getting their way. But ultimately, no. You know, they, they are there the narcissists out there. Yes. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it, it is better in the long run. If everybody, it, it, you want the win-win situation. <laughs> it's going to work a whole lot better and mm-hmm. both parties will be happier. Right. You know, and, and I think probably one of the biggest things, and it doesn't matter, you know, if you're 16 years old or 60 years old, you know, that, that I want to tell all women out there is it's okay to be alone. You know, you don't need a man to validate your existence. Um, you know, yes, we, we can get lonely, you know, all these various things, but it's okay to be alone. Don't pick somebody just because you think you have to pick somebody. It's good to wait for the right man to come along. Mm-hmm. It's a learning process. You learn more about yourself and you learn more about what you want mm-hmm. in a partner. Yeah. And it might take longer. You know, you might not get married till you're in your 50s or your 60s or whatever, but... Yeah, it's it's worth the wait, and we just want to encourage women to really think about that. Definitely, because your heart really matters, and who you're with makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Right, in so many things. But, well, Dr. Susan, we're at the top of the hour. This is this really has been very interesting, and I want to encourage people to to check out your information at B your own brand of sexy.com but how else can they reach you and, and connect with you well you know if they go to my website they can take a quiz to find out if they're being their own brand of sexy and I also yeah I also have a gift for your audience that's about um, whether you can say no in business and in life so it's it's a little bit more a business thing um, okay. and it's it's uh, yourbrandgift.com, yourbrandgift.com, so they can get that there, and you guys can follow me on Facebook. I, there is a community of people talking about these issues, like, mm-hmm. you know, when should you have sex with a new man, with a variety of, of responses, so that you get that there are a lot of people who are very different with their approaches to these things, mm-hmm. and and. You know, I'd love for your audience to be part of the community. Right. You know, and, and I think the biggest thing is we need to, to get rid of that word normal. <laughs> you know, it, it, 
you have to be yourself, you know, and, and, and that is the most important thing. Yes. Who you are is wonderful. And, and we all appreciate our individuality. Perfect. Well, this really has been a delight, and I hope that, that we will be able to chat with you again for future programs, because I think this is very important. You know, I mentioned it at the top of the hour. We can't be successful professionally if we're not happy and healthy in our personal lives, and I think this is very, very critical to that. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being with you today. You were just terrific. Well, this really has been a great time. Um, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Dr. Susan Edelman. And until next week, everyone have a great time. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.